0: Welcome to the Flyman Fishing Show, where we talk fly fishing, fly tying, and everything in between. I'm your host, Scotty Davis. What's new?
1: I oh, don't know that much, man. Just working, working.
0: Nice. Did you get that article written today?
1: I did. I did. It's done, so it's off to the Flyfish Journal this afternoon.
0: Nice. That'll come out next month?
1: Uh, no, dude. I bet it doesn't come out till fall. Oh, wow. They're, they're, with print, man, they work like two three issues ahead.
0: Oh, yeah. That's true.
1: Let me go close the door to my office
0: yeah all
1: uh, right now you have my full and undivided attention
0: i doubt it but we'll see i know
1: <laughs> y'all got a flood tide coming up don't you uh i think so okay i think early next week i need to get i need to take my boat to get serviced there was like a clicking in the motor last time i ran it what do you mean it sounded like a playing card and a spoke
0: might be something in your impeller
1: might be the impeller. I heard it might be air in the system. Like I need to bleed the system and redo the bulb or just repack the bulb. Yeah. Or it might be the power heads going. Or the that's, three
0: that's no good. How old's the motor?
1: I mean, it's still got two years on the warranty and I got less than a hundred hours on it. Oh, wow. So, but it's an Evinrude. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're out of business now, right?
1: Yeah. Good. That, that was really helpful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I thought, yeah, I guess they're gonna honor all the old warranties. They're well. honoring
1: all the warranties, but I gotta take it all the way out to Tuxedo Lake, way on the other side of Rivard. They're yeah. the only they're the closest people at Service Even read Yeah. What is that a sixty? Sixty, yeah. Yeah, that's a good motor. Yeah, man, dude, it's been I mean, it's really light. It's like I mean, the power head on it's so small compared to like a Yamaha four stroke, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was um I'm surprised they went out of business. That's like one of the oldest motor manufacturers. Johnson, yeah. Johnson's done too?
1: Well, yeah, dude. Johnson was Evan Root at that point. Yeah.
0: Didn't they? Weren't they bought by sea Maybe. I don't know. I
1: Bombardier. think it was an English company.
0: Bombardier or something.
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: Well, sweet. Well, the new issue looks great.
1: Thanks, man. Appreciate Shit.
0: it. Yeah. Um, I like how it starts with the editor's note with you with the shad fang going on.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. Like
0: an, angry walrus with minnows. <laughs>
1: I know, man. Every fish we caught that day just kept puking shad up in the boat. Like, I looked down in the boat while we were having lunch. And there was like six of them around me.
0: Oh, great Lord. Stripers and white bass.
1: A uh, hybrid white bass. Carp were eating them. Gar were eating them. It was like a crazy shad explosion on the spot.
0: That uh, gar pitcher in the issue was crazy, man. Were they all like in one little cove or something?
1: Dude, it was like this one little cove by the dam, and there was like some riprap. And apparently, Gar, when they spawn, they'll knock themselves up against the rip to, like, loosen their egg sacs right. or whatever. And so, so I've never seen Gar spawn. It was the first time I ever saw that shit. But, uh, yeah, dude, there was, like, a hundred of them, and they were just tailing right on this, like, little rip bank, like, ridge. And some of them were eating, and some of them were just screwing, but they were all tailing like crazy.
0: Huh. They weren't eating, obviously.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. Like, the carp, the Gar, white bass, and striper or hybrid, it was all within like a 200 yard area square of the dam. So you just kind of bop, bopped around, like from one spot to the next, like, Oh, over here's some carp eating a river of shad. Here, <laughs> let's go catch another hybrid. Yeah. It's pretty crazy.
0: Bad day to be a shad. I know, man.
1: It, yeah. It's, it's like a two month deal up there.
0: So the ones you put in your mouth were actually
1: regurgitated. They're regurgitated from white bass and hybrid. And you
0: do not have a lip, lip infection.
1: No, I'm good. I was like a little baby bird. That mama bird just picked <laughs> me up some shaft.
0: Yeah, heck yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so that was a good way to start it, man. That was funny as hell. We Slitsky and I were dying reading it. Nice yeah. work. And Lindsay wrote a haiku. Your wife? Well,
1: someone else was supposed to write the haiku as usual, and at the last minute, Lindsay, uh, I was like that person, shat the bed on us. So I was like, Lindsay's an excellent writer, and I asked her if she, if she wanted to do the haiku. And she was like, Yeah, I already got it. And she just sat down and typed it out like in less than 30 seconds. Yeah.
0: How could somebody screw you over on a three line essay?
1: I know, man. I know. Well, it was interesting because, like, my, me and my, one of my buddies and another dude, we went and fished like a really long run up on the tailwaters and we didn't get home till like 10. And Lindsay was cool with me getting home late because I didn't tell her when I was supposed to be home. So I didn't lie to her. But my buddy said he was going to be home at like six, like five or six. And he didn't get home till ten, so she, his wife, was super pissed at him. And then I got yelled at because I, I was defending my buddy, and Lindsay was defending his wife, saying she should be pissed at him. So I got yelled at. Yeah. So she was ready to write that haiku about me being late as yeah. soon as I. Asked.
0: That would that would be what I would do. I would tell her I'd be home at five, knowing I'd be home at ten just to get the hall pass to go.
1: Dude, I mean, I never get yelled at when I t- when I don't tell her when I'm gonna be home. But as soon as like. I put so, and I shouldn't ever tell anyone when I'm going to be home because you just never know. <laughs> right. I mean, I do. When we lived in Colorado, I used to put down the wrong takeout on the shuttle driver's clipboard by accident, like the wrong letter abbreviation. And it would mean my truck wound up like 15 miles farther <laughs> downriver than I intended. And it was in this gnarly canyon where it took at least 45 minutes of driving to get to serve like cell service. So by the time I get to cell service, it was midnight. Yeah. And Lindsay was about to call like search and rescue. Like it was getting gnarly. She was about to call the sheriff's office and that like kind of scared the everyone shit out of her for, for the rest of her life about that.
0: Yeah. She puts up with a lot. She does. She's a good one. One of yeah. my oldest memories of you was that, uh, when Reba used to do that Western North Carolina fly fishing expo. Yeah. I guess she was out of town and you just forgot to mention that 16 or 17 big hairy smelly hungover dudes would be living on the couches. and Yeah. And you got the tattoo that same day too.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, my first encounter with Pig Farm and Jay Johnson. uh, (laughs) All of Pig Farm stayed at my house. Uh, Yeah, Jay gave me a tattoo in the parking lot. And I was, Lindsay was out of town, and I was supposed to leave for a steelhead trip up in upstate New York. Like, like We were supposed to, two ships passing in the night, never seeing each other. And then there was a freak ice storm, so I wound up having to stay in Asheville for an extra day. And she got home and found out about the tattoo. Then instead of a week later, yeah, it was not good
0: she saw it she saw it you didn't did you tell her or did she just walk no, out she saw
1: it when she got home <laughs> it was like busted by my parents
0: yeah if you're familiar with pig farm they're not the uh no it wasn't of good tattoos. Tattoos. yeah well no. those are the those are the good ones the bad ones yeah,
1: those are actually i guess the good ones yeah but uh jay did it by freehand he didn't stencil it so it's a little bit gnarlier than some yeah. of the other. Ones.
0: i heard he just bought a panga
1: yeah well yeah he's uh got a deal with bahio sunglasses um, and they're doing a bunch of stuff together. They uh, helped him put a new engine in the bus. So he's mobile again. Nice. And then he's been down in new Smyrna. He's got like a 16 foot pango with a 25. Yeah. Matt,
0: he, Matt was telling he me he was, was going to do
1: something
0: like that show fishing with John. He was going to do something like that. Kind of. Yeah, like, He's
1: got a new thing on you. I don't want to like spoil anyone's yeah. like parade or anything, but I've heard he's got a new thing fishing with Jay or something. YouTube channel was. Yeah, yeah. I'd watch that. Yeah, I mean, our buddy Robbie's gonna, I'm sure, be featured on that at some point. Which is- the skunk man? Skunk man, yeah. <laughs> He's in my phone as Robbie, the animal wrangler. <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess the the first time I met him, he had recently like hand grabbed a skunk and was walking through the field like with a skunk in his hands. Yeah. Oh yeah,
1: man! I got text down in the field that night. Yeah, he got sprayed. His dog got sprayed. Yeah. He said he was very close to a bare hand and a porcupine recently
0: (laughs) gotta grab him by the belly i guess it'd be all right
1: yeah man he lived with me for like six months this winter because he was bartending down in birmingham covid hit he lost his gig down there so he wound up being a carpenter for me up here all winter and uh some of the spring but yeah you can't go anywhere with that dude without like him side eyeing some squirrel (laughs) like like jumping out of the car full speed to chase it down right yeah Uh, uh, he's a trail. yeah dude but no, yeah, so Jay's getting that little panga. I don't know. I, 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 it's 25 horse on a panga. I don't know how. It'll probably move. I told him to stay. I don't want to stay out of Oceanside stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it'll move.
0: Well, the good thing about those type pangas is I think you can beach them. You know, if you see those yeah, guys they in Mexico, they, they turn them around on the beach and drag them back out there.
1: Yeah, dude, that's where they keep them at night.
0: That's crazy, man.
1: Yeah. I can't yeah. think that
0: sand would be good for the fiberglass.
1: Dude, we came pretty close to uh, buying a lodge down in Mexico recently.
0: Who scoffed? Did
1: well, me, Steve, and uh, Danny Reed from Crooked College. Oh, nice. We found it in, Ish- in Ishgalak. Oh heck yeah! Dude, it's like this place right in town on the beach, like on the town beach. To the the Spanish dude, like was gonna run it as a B and B. It's got seven bedrooms and an apartment for the owner. Uh, yeah, the dude only wants two fifty for it. What? And it was just renovated like three years ago. Is there anybody listening? Go buy a resort permit, resort <laughs> in black Yeah, I'll come down there and be your resident personality.
0: Right. Yeah. Write a story for him. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So, but then we all realize, like, I have two kids. Steve's got his daughter, like, for another couple years. Dana's got his son for another couple years before he goes to college. So, us buying a place in Mexico right now just didn't make that much sense.
0: Well, yeah. Most things don't when you over analyze them <laughs> I, know, I know how's his new store doing
1: uh doing really good man like i mean it was, i think it's been hard with covid like in store folks you know like yeah. north carolina especially Asheville, was pretty <laughs> sentient about all that stuff uh but yeah i mean everything's the governor just dropped all the math stuff um dropped all the maximum amount of people in places so we're having a party at his spot uh start we're doing like a summer session series like once a month, like Scoff's gonna do barbecue, right. uh, Highwire Brewing's doing beer. And then I think we're, he's, we're gonna bring in different folks to kind of showcase something. This time we're doing one June, Sunday, June 13th. Um, Cameron Mortensen from Fiberglass Manifesto is gonna be there bringing up a bunch of fiberglass rods. Danny sells custom fiberglass rods at the shop from like Shane Gray Wolf and a few mm-hmm. other people. Um, so yeah, we'll be doing that. So I think it he always kind of envisioned the shop to be a community spot. I think he's super excited to be able to start doing all that community stuff he's kind of had to put on hold since he opened.
0: Yeah yeah it's a great concept that the knives yeah, and everything dude. he's doing he's such a good guy so hope he does good. Yeah dude and I
1: mean his online business kills it and like I think the the store is gonna kill it just as much and he's got such a big fall coming from the tattoo world. Yeah. Stuff that I think it's just a it's a win-win for him, you know? Yeah. And it's super unique. I mean, you can look at his stuff and be like, Oh, that's Danny's. Yeah, absolutely. There's nobody else really doing stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, well back to the magazine. How did, uh, how did it all start? How did you and Steve kind of come up with this idea? And,
1: um, I guess like, so I, it goes back like nine, nine, 10 years ago. I just moved back to Asheville, North Carolina, where I live now, uh, from Colorado, um, being out there a while. And I was got, kind of, or my hand was kind of forced by, uh, the giant recession back in those days. So I lost my gig out there, had to move home, um, wound up in Asheville with my wife. And so I went back to grad school and while I was in grad school, I was guiding full-time for a shop here in Nashville. And I was also working at the shop. Steve was a full-time artist in town for a long time and he fly fished a bunch. And so he wound up, we wound up meeting when I was working at the shop and he was a customer. And then we wound up like, you know, realizing our personalities kind of went together pretty well. <laughs> being too, too, I always
0: like farts and matches.
1: Exactly, and then you know we started hanging out. I started putting the "I'm on break" sign on the front door of the shop, and we started hanging out behind the shop a yeah. little bit. Realized we had common interests behind the shop as well. Yeah. So uh, at that time, man, I'd been writing for a couple of blogs and did my own blog for a little bit. And it was right when like digital magazines started coming out. Yeah. This is Fly and Catch magazine were out at the time. There was one like sleeping in the dirt, um, Aaron Otto used to have. Uh so from that perspective, like I knew I kind of wanted to do something more than a blog, but I didn't want to throw a ton of money, like a print magazine at it. Plus, I'd never been in publishing or magazines. My wife is a magazine editor, so she was giving us advice from that end of the business. Um but yeah, man, Steve had been, a photogra- had been a photographer before he was like a paint canvas artist. He'd gone to photography school before he transferred to art school, like halfway through college. It had been out of photography for a while. So from his perspective, the magazine gave him a sh- chance to start shooting again, which he liked. And from my perspective, it gave me a chance to write and not have to worry about submitting things to people, which, you know, I'm not the best at correspondence and back then, mailing of things with stamps and envelopes and (laughs) licking things. Deadlines. Deadlines and such. Um, So we decided to start our own thing for the Southeast, which at the time, man, like nothing had really ever been done for the Southeast. Even in print, you got a random story every once in a while, like about Tennessee tailwaters, or you got like a decent amount of stories about the Keys and like the Bonefish and Tarpon and Permit down there. And, but nothing in between, you know? And like living in the South our whole lives, we knew kind of how cool a scene we had around here and how diverse it was, Mm -hmm. both from like, you know, scenery from mountains to the ocean, from species like all the way from like redfish to permit to bass to trout. Like, and so we wanted to kind of put together good writing and good photography for the South and thought there was a niche for it because no one had really ever done it before. Right. Yeah, I guess that's where it all kind of started from. Yeah. and then when people started giving us free shit we just got greedy and kept going
0: <laughs> like hey this is actually might work
1: hey this might work i get some shit in the mail every once in a while
0: I, th- I know that's when i met you um i had just started the fly shop and me and michael brunner were just sitting there trying to figure out how we were going to do it you and steve rolled up and had right. that little lemon sticker the Hardy perfect reel man, the lemon sticker. like hey we're starting a magazine can we put this sticker on the door We're like oh yeah that was the first sticker on the mini sticker window and-
1: oh yeah dude like all good fly fishermen we had stickers before we ever had anything to show for. <laughs> yeah
0: um so yeah, the- we we're going
1: around to random shops i remember we we crashed the western north carolina fly fishing expo before we had a magazine and just gave out stickers to everyone at the expo and that was before we was running i remember someone like asking me if i had a booth and i just like took off running
0: right <laughs> More like the uh at iCast when you had the scoff headquarters in
1: the men's room. Dude, we wanted to throw a brunch in the men's room. <laughs> like a bloody Mary bar, like they had that like perfect table where you change the babies. Yeah. Oh yeah. You pull that thing down, you set up your bloody Mary Bar, you get some like crackers or some cheese whiz because you are in a bathroom. You don't want to make it too classy on the catering end. And I think we would have had a lovely southern tailgate style cocktail party in the men's room of I have to do.
0: While while we're on that, that subject, it was just recently brought to my attention. that you Used to be in the pee business.
1: The pee business.
0: Yeah, Slitsky told me you used to sell urine.
1: <laughs> no, that's not true. That's not you. No, that's not me. I used to oh, know a dude in Fort Mill, South Carolina, who would sell you urine.
0: Oh, gotcha. He had
1: all kinds of different urines. Like you could be a pregnant African American lady, age gotcha. fifty. He had urine for you. Like you could be. Dude, with one kidney, he'd have urine for you. Like he just mined clean urine from the community. Oh, you it in a big fridge. You could buy it from.
0: You're in the pee business.
1: Yeah, now, yeah. I mean, I've done the fake. I never actually had to buy a real pee. The fake pee always seemed to work. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, sweet. um So, how'd you come up with the the new issue? The scratch and sniff, scratch and sniff theme to it.
1: Man, I, you know, the pattern, it's usually like we kind of we kind of never actually held ourselves to doing anything with the theme in the issue it's always been completely separate and random it's just something usually that makes us giggle right um i i kind of and steve's you know steve steve's older than me but we kind of grew up around the same stuff so a lot of our jokes just come from our childhood and shit we miss seeing. we thought it'd be really funny like as a joke you know because you can't really make a computer or a phone emit a smell, but maybe we could get like one dude to see <laughs> that it really starts scratching his and to email us complaining about how that shit wasn't working it and wanting work. money back for the free magazine. Yeah. So and then and then I found like an old school sticker book, like in my daughter's shit that I it had a unicorn. So I was like, we should take the unicorn out. Put the monkey in, but put a horn, unicorn horn on the monkey. In. Oh, there you go. The so pretty head. much that's how the sausage is made, as far as that goes. Yeah. It's not that impressive, but uh, you know. But between Steve and I, we usually can come up with something before the last minute.
0: Yeah. Speaking of sausage, whose idea was to do a, a hot dog history in review in this issue?
1: That was a buddy of ours, John. Um, he's he is the gas station gourmet. He is a connoisseur of all things fine and gas station adjacent um yeah he did he did chips on our new on our website which everyone should check out our new website by the way um we're uh and so he's doing it over there and he's doing it on this we're trying to figure out what he's going to do next like we're we're (laughs) like i always love shit at gas stations that don't belong at gas stations right Like, I always like shit on fast food menus that doesn't belong at the restaurant you're going to. You know, like, why is egg rolls, why does Jack in the Box have egg rolls? I have to try the egg rolls now. (laughs) Because if you're going to have them on the menu, you're really making a statement. So maybe you're going to look for, like, the the real finds in a gas station, you know? Like, your pickled eggs, your hot sausages. Oh, yeah. You know, your, your, your walk on the wild side. So that might, we might see more of that? We might see more of that. We might see, like, First, gas station first aid like what to go for first in the first aid like oh yeah <laughs> goodies headache powder gotta yeah. go for that first yeah you know like every once in a while you'll see a gauze pad go and grab that you're gonna need it at some point
0: that's true yeah Tamp- so tampons like, for the
1: tampons you know we could probably do a whole thing on fried pork skins chitterings skins yeah barbecue versus salt and pepper you know it's a it's a deep dive into a gas station once you really want to get into it.
0: All southern things.
1: All southern things. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know you have, I have. There's been periods of my life where I've survived on gas station fare.
0: Oh yeah, when I was guiding, that's all it was was those toast, cheese crackers, and oh, yeah, butter dude. cheese crackers, and you know. Dude, to rage. this
1: day, I still stop at a gas station on the way to the river and get it like a sandwich and a biscuit, smokes. Yeah. at least a 12 pack of beer plus probably a six pack of tall boys because in case anybody else needs one <laughs> you know like it's it's the it's the way station of life
0: that's true that's true so, y'all y'all have kind of ventured out there it hasn't all, all your articles haven't been based on the south you've done a couple little travel
1: pieces out yeah man right yeah, Like we get invitations every once in a while to get outside the south and we always say yes to them so if anyone out there is listening uh go and throw some more away they will come uh, fish with you yeah, and I'll come fish with you. But I know mean, like, we've done some stuff, like, we did some features down in Belize and Mexico and stuff like that. I mean, you know, we live in the South, but, like, it's an easy flight in the South to get to a lot of pretty cool places, too. Um, and with the new website, you'll probably start seeing a little more focus outside of the South. Not focus, but kind of inclusion outside of the South. Like, we've done stories out West. We'd like to get some stuff from out there going back again. Um, I haven't been out in a a few years, in a couple years, I'm overdue, but, uh, uh, you know, like just like, we've kind of taken it from where we started focusing, where it was more geographically. south. I think we've kind of evolved to realizing that, you know, the more people we hang out with, whether it's from the South or whether it's people from the South living in other places outside the South, we all kind of have the same sensibility same like a similar sense of humor a shared set of experiences you know yeah in our our young lives like it's in a shared set of fishing experiences if we fished around here enough so we're kind of taking that sense we're trying we're trying to take that sensibility and not necessarily limit ourselves geographically but take that sensibility to other cool shit outside of the mason dixon one nice yeah
0: spread the love
1: yeah yeah
0: um what else was I about to ask you? How's the uh, Asheville fishing? Have you been around there?
1: Yeah, man. You know, Tennessee tailwaters are pretty much like going oh, like clockwork. The whole Early sulfurs are good. Um, the caddis hatch I missed again somehow. Like, I don't know. It was like, it's, you know, it's so hit or miss. Once every four or five years, you get the exact day right when you should be there. And yeah. you get the ability to be there.
0: Um, the, the sulfur hatch, is that sporadic? That comes comes and goes, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, man it's all summer long don't get me wrong it's not every day all, it's not good every day all summer but yeah. it's a large amount of good days during the summer sulfurs wise especially south olleston Watauga they peter out a little bit more but right right now man is those early sulfurs like th- there's the dorotheas and the barias 16s and like you get 16s in the beginning of the season and they go down to 18s right now we're seeing 14s and 16s and the fish haven't seen them in, in, in like six months so it's really good right now when you catch them right um, thank you and then the small mouth you know spring wise we always get flushed with water so it's kind of dodging blown out rivers but uh it's just starting to get cranked up pretty good um i know virginia had a really good pre-spawn bite this year um some pigs were, i saw blaine taking some pigs up there yeah um but yeah man no it's, so yeah so far it's been good around Asheville. Nice. um
0: i need to come we're on looking
1: to do a lot more more smallmouth and carp stuff this summer. We're still waiting on the Cicada Hatch to get going really good. Everyone's starting to see them. But it, that cold snap we had kind of sh- probably shut them down for the yeah. progression. So, But it's supposed to be in the 90s up here, like upper 80s by the end of the week. So hopefully that'll kick that into, into progression.
0: And then you'll go carp fishing or smallmouth fishing?
1: Man, I really want to get a striper. So it's going to be like where we see them. I'm thinking Knoxville got them pretty good. I've got my eye on a couple other lakes in North Carolina. That have, one has historically got them. One's predicted to get them, and those a both have striper.
0: A striper on a cicada.
1: Yeah, dude, striper eat cicada. When they were on Smith Mountain, like it was kind of like you get one shot a day at a striper that would eat one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, mostly carp. Uh, a lot of catfish. Smallmouth <laughs> will eat them. Yeah. We tend to see them, at least in my experience, man. I've never caught them really good on a river. It's always been lakes. So you know, if you got large mouth in lake, small mouth and lake, they'll get them. Yeah. Um, last time I had in North Carolina, grass carp were eating them, like big forty pound grasses, which never eat anything besides vegetation. We're coming up slurping them. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So we'll get into that as much as we can while it's good. You know. Yeah.
0: Heck yeah. So you have small mouth in that lake around Asheville that y'all took me to.
1: Which one did we take you to? It was Lake James. Oh, yeah. There's some small... That lake is actually really good smallmouth. Yeah. Um, There's good carp in there. There's musky up in there, too. Nice. Um, Yeah. That's one of the lakes I'm hoping gets it. It got it on the 13-year brood last time. Um, That's where where those grassies were crushing.
0: Nice. This is Um, what? 16 or 16-year, 17-year, something like that?
1: This is the 17-year brood
0: X, brood 10. That's the biggest hatch or whatever. Yeah. It's like the
1: most prolific and most spread out. Like, DCs are even getting it good from what I hear. But it's just like, oh, do I want to drag my boat all the way up to DC when I'm gonna, when it's probably gonna be an hour and a half away, and you know, right. in, in a week or two? So, I've got my my cicada spies out. <laughs> Over the years, of cicadas, I've developed a network yeah. of dudes that are down for cicadas, and we tend to keep each other informed. Like the last time up in Virginia, I was on it. I kind of hit it right at the tail end. It was like good carp days, but not great cicada days. You know. Yeah. it was one lake and it was like four banks on that lake had them really good and we all got on it too quick and beat the ever-living hell out of it and uh, they were a little bit wise to it by the time i got up there
0: so the the cicadas themselves will will find a particular bank and hang out there or they'll hatch from that side
1: you know like it's a lot of it's the trees like you want tree line banks just that draws them but other than that man i am no i am no entomologist nor biologist but definitely like I don't know, like the first time I ever saw him in Virginia, it was Blaine. He told me to come up there and he was guiding a trip and he told me to come early so he could show me on the map like a couple coves to go because I had my own boat and uh, with another buddy of mine. And I got there and of course Blaine met his clients early and was motoring out of the ramp like when I got there. I'm like, dude, I don't know where I'm going. What are you doing? He's like, just go to the next cove and start listening to the trees. You'll hear them and then start looking for fish. That was all you had to do, and that's all we did last time was drive around, listening to the trees, looking for fish.
0: Yeah. So I've ne- I've never done it. Uh, they're falling out of the trees. Is that what's happening?
1: They're coming out of the trees, like, and they'll fall into the water, and then they'll get stuck on the water.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask. They make as much commotion on the water as they do, like in your yeah, yard. and
1: stuff. The harder you slap it, the further the fish will come to eat it. As long as the fish aren't haven't gotten beaten on them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you just let it let your fly sit there, and you try to give it a little movement. And like
1: you want to like, if you can make it, it depends on your skill level. That is what I tell you. If like really what you want to do is you want to spot a fish, put it in his path without spooking him and let it sit. If you're not seeing like, and sometimes that's enough. If you're good enough and you got enough line control, what you really want to do is like, if that fish is coming up to inspect it, you want to give it a, just the tiniest of twitches to make those wings go to make that body rattle without moving it and causing it the fish to see the leader. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. almost, it's like, it's just the tiniest of little twitches. If you if you move it too much and you actually move the fly unnaturally, you'll blow the whole thing. You know what I mean? So if you're good at twitching a fly, twitch the fly at the end to seal the deal if you don't feel like he's going to eat it on the drift, right? Otherwise, leave the damn thing alone. And if he doesn't eat it on that one, put it 10 feet in front of them on the next one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Lead them. Yeah.
0: But the smallmouth aren't spooky like that. It's
1: kind of crazy because how often do you get where fish are like basically predatory feeding on dry flies? Like they're chasing them down, dry flies down. They're like coming from 30 feet away to eat it. You know what I mean? So it's kind of a whole new frontier that you only get to see every, like for a couple months, every few years. Yeah phenomenon wise
0: yeah that's crazy man um so when is when you suspect that's gonna like really go off two or three weeks
1: man we're hoping any day now dude like honestly like everyone's on that cicada mania app i I highly suggest everybody if you're into cicadas check it out um and tracking them you know gps style on that map uh they're definitely they're definitely around it's just a matter of them getting up and mated and feeding on the leaves on the trees and then them getting into the water and then the fish keying in on them usually like on a good from everything I usually hear and what I've seen from the first time you really start seeing them in numbers so when the fish really get keyed in on them is about 10 good warm days nice. so you know it's it's literally any day now I'm I'm checking every morning when I wake up the app and I'm checking it every night and I'm D, and I'm DMing and texting dudes and, <laughs> in these in these areas in these highly high these high target areas like every almost every day
0: i hadn't heard of that app that's some nerdy shit
1: oh yeah dude you know, some college folks put it out like some college biology department put it out you can like put pictures and videos and like it'll keep track of how many sightings like on a gps map it's pretty sweet that's cool yeah if you're a sick nerd like i am
0: yeah well it's nothing nothing better to do something i will say there's
1: nothing better than cicada fishing i don't care what like it doesn't matter where you are doing it to see fish eat, eat cicadas is just one of the great joys in life you have to experience as fly fisherman, yeah sooner rather than later
0: and that's such but, a giant bug too it's not like you're throwing a little atom you
1: know two, dude, i'm using size two b10s's yeah for my cicadas yeah i tied some articulated ones with y'all shanks nice uh, and then I cut off some of the bullet popper heads, Right. The, y'all's popper heads, Right. Into like a wedge, and I made and I made that the front shank. Nice. And, and the B ten is a stinger off the back with the body and the wings.
0: What do you use for so that? I'm hoping you
1: can get it to wiggle a little bit.
0: Yeah. What do you yeah. use for the wings? <laughs> huh? What are you using for the wings?
1: Uh, just like orange flashaboo, and then uh, like and then. Um, White, uh, DNA nice over the top of that.
0: Well, yeah, let me know when that comes up. I might get a hall pass and come fish with you.
1: Yeah, man, definitely. How's uh, the striper been? You've been hitting? You
0: we know? went to the lake, um, I guess that's been about three weeks and just crushed them. I mean, you? absolutely crushed them. Some really big bass, too. I mean, I'll go down
1: and get me an invite.
0: Yeah, shit, I mean, that's our halfway point, really.
1: Yeah, I know, I know, I know, and man yeah i definitely want in on cobia when y'all start going out to cans they're they're here that's what i've heard it's been hot enough down there hasn't it
0: yeah oh yeah it's 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 on
1: how's so, the weather then
0: it, that's the problem it's iffy yeah. it so was it was 48 degrees here the other day yeah you know and it's may in charleston it should be 90 i know but the water temp's still there so yeah bring my yeah come down the out the albies are still out there too so are they yeah so we can no. catch one for the one for the freezer and think about yeah.
1: like the wife and I are do a vacation from the children
0: yeah. yeah i think i need one too we just got another puppy so did. We have two kids and now two little puppies and it's oh man puppies are almost worse than kids man
1: dude the the whining at night in your room will make yeah. you
0: and my kid never bit
1: me in the eyelid either in the middle of the night no uh, they have sharp little needle teeth yeah yeah, we got 3 dogs in the house right now, so I feel your pain.
0: Nice. I love it though. I'd have yeah. I'd have 3 if she let me, I think.
1: It's worth it. What, you one of these going to be a boat dog?
0: They're both boat dogs. Nice. The little one's been out just once. He's just 9 weeks old. Um yes. but but the the other rescue, she, she goes all the time. Nice. She loves it. She runs all over that that boat.
1: Yeah, my golden retriever. You know Chad Debose, you know Chad. Yeah. yeah. Uh I got one of the, his golden's puppies. Dude, that's your new dog ever you got another golden no no that gold you
0: met that golden? yeah yeah
1: yeah he came out with us on the boat that day
0: yeah he's awesome
1: yeah dude he's gotten even better in the boat
0: nice <laughs> yeah yeah i think it's a natural thing for dogs they'll kind of figure out how to act if you just take them you know
1: yeah have you ever been in a boat with a bad boat dog though yeah my, like, my old boat dogs are the best bad boat dogs are the absolute worst
0: my old roommate had a chesapeake bay retriever and they, any mullet that jumped or any dolphin that jumped he would Leave the boat, you know. We'd oh, yeah. be going 30 40 miles an hour, and the dog would jump out of the boat. Oh,
1: yeah, dude.
0: So, we ended up having to try to leash him, and he jumped out leashed one time and almost hung himself, which was probably Charles Darwin trying to do his work. You know, we oh, should have yeah. let the dog go, uh, but we ended up having to cross tether him. So, it was an X pattern, oh, and he God. was clipped into the middle. And Is that worth it? No, it, it was not worth it. It was not my dog or my boat, or it would not happen.
1: Dude, I used to have a buddy who always tried to bring his giant German Shepherd, who was not really all that friendly to people. Yeah. On, the boat with, on his drift boat with us. And there'd be two of us in the back of the boat. Every time he'd go out and wave, that boat, that dog would corner us in the back of the boat just growling. It was with you. Yeah. I, was he, I swear to God, he was trained by Goebbels. By who? by gerbils that nazi yeah. general Mad doctor
0: <laughs> yeah
1: it was crazy dude
0: yeah my, my one-year-old dog's only 25 pounds so she's kind of a perfect little size and i don't think yeah. this guy's gonna be much bigger he might be 30 45 but
1: you know i had a german wire hair that jumped out of the drift boat like on a busy day on the watauga i was with buddies he was a puppy jumps out of the boat swims over to this dude patrick fulcron's boat he's like a big time guide up there and he patrick's a great dude Jumps in his boat, this puppy, and Patrick like look starts looking upstream at me. Like before he realizes, like before he realizes he knows me, he is just about to dog cuss me something horrible <laughs> for this fucking dog jumping in his boat. Yeah, and then he kind of realizes me. and He just shakes his head. He's like, "Gross, dude. He's yeah. like, Come get your dog.
0: <laughs> I'll be down there in a
1: shortly. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna catch this fish first, and then I'll be down there with your boat." You still yeah, have that dog? No, man. He got eaten by a coyote.
0: Oh shit! Yeah. In Ki- in Colorado, we're out here.
1: Oh, he, behind my house. That's bullshit. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm I'm, I'm trying to shoot everyone I see from now Yeah, on. I'm
0: not a big fan of coyotes. No, I'm I used
1: not.
0: To, I used to not be not have that attitude because they're similar to dogs, or so I thought. And then saw yeah. one kill the same thing. I saw uh, one kill a dog one time. I was like, nah, that's. Uh, they're
1: more similar to like really vicious rats. Yeah like invasive they <laughs> right. breed too much but they had bigger teeth
0: coved up them. possum
1: yeah. yeah no dude they're in every county in north carolina now
0: like, yeah we have them in our neighborhoods in charleston here too so
1: oh I yeah mean, i hear them every night outside my house still like there's a pack that runs this ridge behind my house
0: their tails make damn good flies so
1: i know coyote clausers. i've been trying to harvest i'm gonna get one of those calls i think this winter
0: that's an eerie call the rabbit call yeah that shit's scary <laughs>
1: Dude, I used to work on this job site way up on the mountain. We, it was like this log cabin we were all framing out there. And this one dude, he he brought he brought his coyote call out there, the remote one, and he set it up like kind of in the woods next to the house. And there was this one dude, one dude on the crew who was always like paranoid high, like second half of the day lunch he'd smoke, and then all afternoon he'd be paranoid. My buddy would just keep on hitting that remote <laughs> and that rabbit call, yeah. like rabbits dying in the woods. <laughs> Dude's like freaking out. Yeah, well worth it. Yeah. A good well deserved. That's what your buddies with, even if you don't have a coyote.
0: Oh, yeah. You could yeah. change those things, too. You can have all different kind of calls.
1: Yeah, man, there's all kinds of struggling animals on there.
0: <laughs> what kind of sick bastard came up with that, you know?
1: What kind of sick bastard records it? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. You mind strangling that
0: wombat? <laughs> I'm here to make that recording. Got to get a little bit of air through him, not too hard now
1: exactly no no just two fingers on his freak yeah. <laughs>
0: that's good
1: oh man
0: well shit man i appreciate you uh talking to me
1: yeah man no worries I, come I, uh I...
0: come fishing again soon
1: yeah i yeah now that now they're talking about flood times i'm down
0: yeah i'll um i'll watch the weather too and if the weather's good we'll go kobe fishing and if it's kind of shitty we'll go hit redfish
1: yeah dude and if it's if it's good weather for kobe fishing you're going i don't need much notice
0: yeah, yeah i won't give you much
1: yeah i'll be I'll, I'll i'll leave the house at one and i'll meet you first light
0: perfect yeah i'll let you know for okay. sure all right cool yeah man we'll talk to you
1: soon high.
0: i'll do it thanks
1: bud all right, man.